What is up, everyone? Welcome back. Episode now nine of Red Zone Talk. Uh, I'm your host, Paul Solana, alongside with my buddy Brad. Um, very, very tough episode for me to record as a Cowboy fan. Um, we got plenty, plenty of time to talk about it. We'll talk about why I think the Cowboy or why we think the Cowboys are frauds, how Brock Purdy is the real deal, and how the AFC North. Um, is now as wide open as Jamar Chase's. Um, so <laughs> lots more coming. Uh, we got a lot to talk about here on Red Zone Talk. But let's start with some NFL news. Uh, so we had tons, of, a lot of trades for week five. Um, and out first, in terms of let's just start with the biggest news. Uh, the Colts landed a deal with Jonathan Taylor, three-year deal worth $42 million. Pretty shocking there, Brad, right? Yeah, I was I was surprised because I like I knew he was going to hold out up until this week, and then you know he plays on Sunday and he he got signed, he got his deal. So honestly, good for him. I mean, good for uh, running backs across the league. But to say I, I thought he was going to get traded uh, midseason, so I, it was a pretty shocking for me. But honestly, good for him. He got his money. Yeah, I didn't think there was any turning back, so I was pretty surprised. And then just of course, in good old fashioned Zach Moss rushes for hundred yards. Yeah, <laughs> um, as a, a way to showcase that you probably didn't need to pay him. But I'm a big Jonathan Taylor guy and they have a rookie quarterback, so um, they could definitely afford it. Some other big news. Um, Rams traded wide receiver Van Jefferson to the Falcons for a late round swap. Um, the uh, Bears traded Chase Claypool to the Dolphins for a late round swap. Um, really, the biggest trade I took away from the week was the Broncos trading for edge rusher Randy Gregory um, to the 49ers for a pick swap. Hasn't played to what he was in Dallas, you know, just two years ago. But, I mean, when you can load up that defensive line even more so in San Francisco, I mean, I don't know. I feel like at this point they're just a gimme for the Super Bowl. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk to, We'll talk all about San Fran later. Uh, I think they're almost everyone's number one now in the power rings, but – just it's basically just the rich getting richer. I think Gregory will thrive in that system and that defense playing alongside Bosa. I just just studs on all sides of the ball. I think it's a great trade for the Niners, and I think it's a chance for Gregory to prove himself again. For sure, for sure. And really, um, the other news: Cowboys signed linebacker Rashawn Evans as Leighton Vanderesh went down, um, and the Jets are looking at some trade options with wide receiver McCole Hardman. Um, who unfortunately just hasn't gotten the playing time that he had hoped. Uh, let's get into some injury updates because there have been a ton. Um, th- there's going to be some big ones, some not as big ones. Um, I'm just going down the list of chronological order of what's happened, but uh, Dolphins left tackle Tron Armstead. He was placed on IR with knee injury. Uh, Packers left tackle David Bakiari needs another surgery. His season is over. Bears running back Khalil Herbert. He's expected to miss multiple weeks with a high ankle sprain. Um, the Bills, they had some damage on Sunday. They lost uh, Matt Milano to the season uh, with a fractured leg. And the uh, D-lineman Daquan Jones suffered a torn peck. His season is likely over. Brad, those are huge names. I mean, a Bills defense that finally was clicking once again. And I mean, especially the Matt Milano news. I mean, that that's arguably maybe their best defensive player and to lose him this early in the season. I mean, I I like to think that the bills defense 
was a week. It, it was a falling point last year because their defense just couldn't play as well as they could have because they weren't healthy. Yeah, no, Paul, uh, you said it. I mean, look, we were saying a week ago, um, what should we call it? Um, the Bills were probably the best team in the NFL, and they they lose Milano, uh, and yeah, yeah, that's it. That's a huge loss on the defensive side of the ball, especially when you're playing in the a- AFC against top tier offenses. And you can only hope that, you know, their defense can still stay in pack. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But, yeah, two huge losses for the Bills, and it's unfortunate for them going forward. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson, he is heading to IR with a grade three AC joint strain. Um, He is expected to miss uh, four to eight weeks. Lions cornerback Emmanuel Mosley suffered a torn ACL. He's out for the season. Jets O-Lyman, Elijah Vera Tucker out for the season with a torn Achilles. Um, the Cowboys, I mean, their their night was as bad as it could possibly be on the field. And they lost Kevontae Turpin. He suffered a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss four to six weeks. Their uh, ace special teamers, C.J. Goodwin, he tore his uh, pectoral muscle. He's out for the season. And then Leighton Van Der Esch, linebacker, he is heading to IR with a neck injury. And that's not even the big injuries yet. Um, the biggest injury, uh, a brutal, 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 like, brutal injury, uh, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. He was placed on IR with a hamstring. Um, I have to think you consider trading Kirk Cousins at this point. Yeah, Um I, Paul, I, I agree. I was when we were going to talk about trades and stuff later. I know a little bit, almost, uh, you know, getting through the, quickly through the season. What is it, week six already next week? Yeah. Cra- crazy. So that's where the trade talks, you know, kind of well, almost at the midway where the trade talks kind of come up. And, I, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think, might be traded. But go, go back to the uh, injury. I mean, fantasy managers all over the all over the world are screaming right now, obviously. If you took Justin Jefferson, number one, obviously, fantasy doesn't matter to the players. Uh but in terms of injury, it, it stinks. It is just brutal. Like, look, the Vikings, people thought they were going to be a really good team this year. I thought they were going to – I mean, being the third seed last year in the NFC, I thought they would be pretty good at least, at least compete for that division. But to lose a guy like Jefferson, just so dynamic on the offensive side of the ball, I think the best offensive weapon there is in football, to be honest, it's a tough loss. And it only, you know, makes the Vikings' chances worse. And now at one and four, it's not looking good in Minnesota. And I think we're going to see some turnover soon. Yeah, I think Kirk Cousins just – I mean – I think he's 35. He's a free agent next year. I, I've been saying the Jets to go trade for him from like probably two weeks ago. Um, I think that still absolutely stands. I think Kirk Cousins' time in Minnesota is probably coming to a close. And with Justin Jefferson being placed on IR, I mean, this team's this team is already bad. They're going to get even worse. Um, I would just avoid the pain now. There also is some running back injuries. Uh, Dolphins rookie and star running back Devon A-Chain. He is expected to miss a few weeks with a knee injury. He has been electric. Just to show how good he's been, um, because the statistics are absolutely absurd. Um, And I'm a huge fan of him because I have him in fantasy, and he is just a baller. (laughs) Um, A-Chain currently... On 38 carries this year, I think is like second in the league in rushing yards, and he's averaging 12.1 yards per carry. That is ob- that that's a like never heard like unheard of. Yeah, no, he's he's playing some just great football, 
And I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised. Like I, it kind of came out of nowhere to begin the season in a sense. And I, 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 uh, I was very shocked just to see how well he's doing. And honestly, I'm kind of bad at entrapping fantasy. So kudos to you, Paul. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of him. I knew he was kind of be going to be like a lightning bolt, um, very quick. That he's got the big playability, and definitely, I mean, a major loss for the Dolphins. Oh um, yeah, one thousand percent. It's tough because they have a great offense, and to lose a guy like that who's playing yeah. outstanding football right now, and so I mean, look for Mostert to get a lot of carries. Yeah, Moster, and then also Jeff Wilson. He's preparing to yeah. return, so he'll get from he'll the, get uh, nice he'll, he'll be back from the RR. So. Yeah, I think they opened up his practice window, so I'd expect he's probably back on Sunday. Um, and then Cardinals running back James Conner, he's also expected to miss multiple weeks with a knee injury. Um, so just a just probably about as bad of a week for for injuries as you could possibly have, especially for fantasy football. I mean, um, I got lucky. Devon Chain was really the only major fantasy injury I've had to deal with, but some people that have A-Chain, that have Jefferson, that have James yeah, Conner. Uh, Nick Chubb, number one overall pick in one league. So Yeah. Yeah, that was a brutal injury. Yeah, tough. And he's a guy yeah. I love Chubb, too. So it's, Yeah, uh, he's a great player, great guy. Him. Sucks. Um, yeah. What happened? All right, Brad, let's get in our we're, – and we're actually, for the sake of time, trying to trim our episodes a little bit, make them shorter. Um, going to do three key takeaways from week number five. Brad, what's your what's your biggest takeaway from this past week? So my biggest takeaway, Paul, I hate to you know go to this game, but I mean, we're, honestly, we're gonna kind of go to the game, but we're gonna focus on one guy, and that is Brock Purdy. Is a stud. Yeah, a stud. He was what Mister Irrelevant in the draft, and the guy's playing like he's played in the NFL for five years. I mean. You're talking about a guy who's basically never lost a game because the one loss that basically counts towards his record, he got hurt in Philly in that AFC and excuse me, the NFC championship game. Yep. But uh, my my thing on Brock was this: he's playing easy teams. He doesn't really have the spotlight. He's got Shannon. But, but I, I honestly, I, I called it on the podcast last podcast. I thought he was going to fold. I thought he was going to have a very bad game against that Cowboys defense on prime time, and I thought he was going to struggle. And boy, was I wrong! As he had four touchdown passes, obviously three to Warner Kittle. But, I mean, just the, the accuracy of his passes, completing 17 for 20, 17 completions for 20, uh, 24 attempts and for 252 yards. And he, he, was, he was balling out there, and I think he should be in the MVP conversation. And it's looking like the Niners made an excellent choice uh, getting rid of Lance and sticking with Purdy. Yeah, I think Purdy is showing out. Um, I was shocked how many people were ready to like run Purdy out of town after what was a, a pretty great rookie season. Because, I mean, it, it, typically guys only get better there. It's very rare for a guy to have a really good rookie season and then fall off the face of the earth. Um, and I don't think Purdy's the most talented quarterback, but he just fits that offense to perfection. He is what they hope Jimmy G would be. Um, very, very smart, very poised quarterback. Nothing really rattles him, uh, with pressure in his face. He's willing to step up, make, step up, make the throws that are needed. Um, really, um, spreads the, spreads the field really nicely. Um, I know some people think Kittle's underused and I get it because they have such a great rushing attack. They don't always have to throw the ball, you know, 35, 40 yeah. times like other teams might. Um, but yeah, he is, he is legit. He he is absolutely here to stay. I don't think I know some people are getting ready to call him a top ten quarterback. I think that's a bit soon. 
Um, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I agree with that. I think he, he's a stud, but he's not in the top ten because he honestly, honestly hasn't really completely proven himself yet. He has, but he still has a long way to go to the likes of the Burrow, Mahomes, Allen category. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm gonna switch to my key takeaway. Same game. Um, and I'm gonna have to rip my team a little bit. Uh, we officially know who the Dallas Cowboys are. They are complete frauds. Um, I. I knew in the back of my head this was a, a, a possibility that this game could go this way. Um, I was the one when the Cowboys were up 38-3, to you know, giving Bill Belichick his worst loss, frustrated based off of just red zone woos. Um, the, you know, the running, the run defense still wasn't great. And the run defense actually was one of the highlights for them this week. But um, I, I, I talked about in the past that how bad the safety play has been for the Cowboys at, it was the worst I've ever seen these safeties play. Jaron Curse, who has been really good for the Dallas Cowboys, he has been terrible. Donovan Wilson, who is a star who just got paid, he hasn't been great. Um, the this, I mean, Kyle Shanahan just tore apart the safeties and linebackers. Now you take Leighton Vanderesh, who is missing, you know, the next month of football. I mean. I know I came on here and I said this defense would be generational. And I stand that if Trayvon Diggs never goes down, I do think they're probably generational. Just because I think you you would really – like, they would just play man coverage against everybody. Um, Obviously, they can't do that anymore. And that it, it, it sucks. On the offensive side of the ball, I know there is so much blame. Like, Everybody tore Dak a new one. Everyone said the three interceptions, the this, the that. Um, and Dak played bad. That's okay to admit. I mean, we don't have to sugarcoat it and defend him. But, A, I, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is Mike McCarthy as a play caller is absolutely atrocious. Like, his West Coast offense, which if you're not familiar with the West Coast offense at home, your goal is basically get the ball out as quick as possible uh, you know, three, four yards, a lot of slant routes, throws out to the flat. You were just trying to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Um, it's a very old style offense. And the 49ers, they have a fantastic defensive line, fantastic linebackers. Like they just sat on that and they made life a living hell. And the Cowboys aren't built to play from behind. And that's when Dak started to turn the ball over. You could tell the offense wasn't built to come back. They played very conservatively going into half. They, they, you could tell Mike McCarthy just, it's like he gave up at halftime. Um, I think the biggest issue is Mike McCarthy as the play caller. Um, I will stand on that hill. I think coaching is a major problem for the Cowboys. I think I could live with, you know, the defense being inconsistent. Um, I could live with the offense having struggles, but when it's struggles due to play calling, and the offense looking the same every single week. I mean, everyone says, okay, Dak, this, Dak, that. I mean, the Cowboys were a top-five offense the last two years. That was with Dak Prescott as the quarterback. Um, they are having guys have their worst career seasons. CeeDee Lamb is basically over Dallas because he's not getting the ball. Like, this stems so much more than just Dak struggling. And that this is Zach's really first bad game of the year. Um, I know everyone wants to point to the quarterback. People got to remember, though, this is a game that is 53 men on each side, each team. Um, 
I do think I don't think the Cowboys are going to bounce back. I I don't think this is a team that is a Super Bowl contender. I don't even know if they're a top five team in the NFC. Um, I I think they tricked us. Obviously, some injuries hurt, and I think with Mike McCarthy, I just don't think this team is going anywhere. Yeah, I'm a I'm gonna go off some points, Paul, that you made. I agree with a lot of it. Uh, first of all, I'm gonna defend Dak here a little bit. I feel bad for Dak. He played. Uh, I'm a Giants fan. You know that huge Giants fan. But Dak off the field, great guy. He won the awesome Game, guy uh, Man of the Year award. Yep. You know, just an awesome guy, awesome role model for kids. Give him so much credit being a late round draft pick. Love it. He gets scrutinized like no other player in the NFL. Like no nobody gets scrutinized like him. It's it's like Josh Allen threw three picks against the Jets opening night, and you don't really hear a word about it. So that's just just to put it in perspective, but. Just going off Dak, yes, right, one, maybe maybe two. I think one was like the Fleffian interception. But the first one he threw, the, first of all, his defense wasn't helping him out at all. They played terrible. He throws a bomb. I mean, nothing's going on offensively at that point. So why not just say, McCarthy, I'm not listening to you. I'm going with the home run hitter just to try to rejuvenate that offense. So I don't really blame him for that. You know, because And I, to, for yeah. that play in particular, just while you're on that, I watched the all 22 of that play. There was only two routes being run. It was one, I think, was CD on the far side of the field running, um, uh, blanking out, uh, running a crawl route. He was covered. And then the only other one is Brandon Cooks downfield. And I, I think that play, like, that's when I could tell Dak was just pissed off and frustrated. Like, he just knew he had nothing on the field. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He knew he had nothing on the field. He had to do go go for something. And to go off, off your other point, Paul, CeeDee Lamb is nowhere to be found. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in Dallas by the end of the season. And then McCarthy's play calling is just bad. Like it just it doesn't it doesn't fit who Dak is as as a player. And I think if the Cowboys want to succeed, they either they gotta pick their poison and get rid of one of them because it just doesn't work. And I almost feel like Dak should stay and have a play caller like a Shanahan, but unfortunately Jerry Jones has a tendency to hire coaches that have experience, they're old-fashioned, McCarthy as an example, when in reality the game is constantly changing and some of these young coaches like a Kyle Shanahan, a Sean McVay, are being the better coaches in certain situations. Obviously, Belichick's Belichick, but he's a legend. You know, I wouldn't put McCarthy – you know, we won a Super Bowl, but I wouldn't put him on the likes of Bill Belichick. Uh, so that's just my opinion on, on, on that in terms of coaching. And then just to go on the defensive side of the ball – I mean, Dak's defense didn't help him out at all. I mean, where was Parsons that entire game? He probably had – I think Parsons is a stud, top three player in the NFL out of offense and defense, but that was probably the worst game I've ever seen him play in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. I would agree. It was – it was just like – it seemed like uh, – I can't uh, – Trent Williams just owned him that entire game. He dominated. And then on the opposite side of the ball, if you're comparing defenses, it was Fred Warner's game. It was, it was Warner's game on the defensive end, and he was like, I'm getting the spotlight, not Parsons. And that's basically what happened. So you really can't blame Dak for the defense giving up that many points. Unfortunately, the Niners just had a better had a better uh, offense and defense that game, and there was really nothing Dak could do. And games like that are going to happen. And honestly, Paul, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like if Dak was in just some other system, uh, maybe another team, I don't think he'll leave the Cowboys, I think he would thrive and be probably a top six, seven quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, I think if you put Dak on the 49ers, I mean, I think they were they would have been a Super Bowl team much earlier than they already have. Um, I completely agree that Jerry, I understand when you're looking for a head coach, you want experience. 
Normally, though, coaches with experience, there's a reason why they were available in the first place. Exactly. Um, And I I think the way to go in this day and age, I mean, look at guys like even I know the Giants have been bad this season. I still trust Brian Dable. I still think he's a good coach. Mike McDaniels, he's a fantastic coach. I loved him when he, you know, was available for the Dolphins. You have to go for those young guns and they're going to like. Dak needs a offense that a is going to test his limits a little bit more, take him out of his comfort zone and let him play a game. He's not used to, and also utilize the the guys that they have. I think CD will stay. I think they'll get over, you know, whatever frustration he has. Um, but CD is a downfield threat. He's a guy who works really well in space in a, and in an offense that is very like congested, very short throws. Like that is not CD strengths. Brandon Cooks is a guy who could take the top off the defense. Like, the offense is the complete. I read this on Twitter, and it makes so much sense. The offense that the Cowboys are running does not fit a single strength of the Cowboys. It's quite literally the opposite. So then um, I, I just don't understand, like, why they're running it. Something's got to change. It just makes it makes, it makes no sense because I, I agree with you, Paul. I think that the Cowboys, in my opinion, I think that Jerry Jones and the Cowboys got scared off by – all the picks stacked through last year and figured, okay, we need to find an offense that more conservative, safer, more conservative. You don't turn the ball over. The problem with that though, is it's very predictable offense. I think, and I I was like, I was okay with Kellen Moore being fired because there are some things that I don't like about him. I don't think he, um, I don't think he game plans well against better teams. However, I do think if they had the talent they have right now, with last year's coaching staff, I think this is a much better team. I would actually, even after a loss like this, be able to be like, okay, I think the Cowboys can bounce back. With McCarthy yeah. as the play caller, I think the season's a wash. I really don't think this team is very competitive at all. I think they're a fringe playoff team right now. Yeah, I mean, I still think they'll make a wild card. I could see your concerns for them being a, thinking they're a fringe playoff team, but I agree with you. I think something's got to change with the play calling 1,000%. But, Paul, before we end the segment on the Cowboys, I want to just hear your opinion on uh, two um, quick things. just want to get your thoughts. Basically, the, fir- the first one is um, who do you think will last longer in Dallas, Dak or McCarthy? And the second one, if you say uh, Dak will last longer, do you think Dak will end his career with the Cowboys or will he find a new team when it's all said and done? That is the million dollar question. Um, I I think it's Dak who lasts longer. Okay. I know there's a lot of talk right now about, you know, what are the options getting out of the Dak contract? And like, I, I kind of get it. I kind of don't. I have always said if the Cowboys don't make it to at least the NFC Championship game, that Mike McCarthy is a goner. Um, I, yeah. I just think that this is the year that he had, like, Yes, he has had back-to-back 12-win seasons. That's all fine and well. But the result at the end of the year is still the same. Um, Mm -hmm. If they can't, you know, get past where they've been, I think – I don't think this is a Jason Garrett love that Jerry Jones has where he treats this man like his son. I think this is a business relationship. I think McCarthy has done good things here, but to – basically take responsibility of the offense and for this to completely fail um, pending, you know, this track continues. I I think Jerry will move on. Plus financially speaking, they can get at, it's easier to move to get rid of McCarthy than it is Dak. Dak still has 
a heavy cap hit next year. So I think Dak will stay. I think it's just kind of figuring out like, and it's still early in the season. Like does McCarthy make the adjustments needed? Um, I really hope so. Cause if not, this season is doomed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I agree with you, but all right, enough cowboy talk, Brad, your number two key takeaway. So I'm going to go with uh, how you talked about your team, Paul. I got to talk about my favorite team, the New York football giants. And the New York Giants are officially in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. So there is hope in New York. I know if you look at the mock draft, I think they're like seventh for some reason. Obviously, the Panthers are 0 5. Their pick goes to the Bears. The Bears are two. But for some reason, I think you get like, I was reading on Twitter, you get like punished for having like a harder schedule. So you're backed up in the draft order or something like that. Yeah, it goes by like strength of schedule, like as you. I mean, luckily, as the season plays on, like the the records yeah, will separate more. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, it's, it's 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 going to change. But look, I had high expectations for this Giants team coming in. They won their first playoff game in what felt like forever, uh, beating, beating the th- three seed Vikings, and obviously get crushed by the Eagles. But they're the Eagles, one of the best teams in the NFL. They signed Darren Waller in the offseason, and it seems like they're getting they're almost getting a better team, in my opinion. But Daniel Jones, it's just he's just. Not just not the guy. Obviously, I felt terrible. He got hurt that injury, and then Taylor comes in and just basically, you know, has had it's just like simple things. They he couldn't get the first down. Dolphins win, and it's just it's just unfortunate. And it's tough to see as a Giants fan. One and four. I don't even really want to watch the game on Sunday night in Buffalo. <laughs> in Buffalo, I think it's going to be a slaughter, um, and it's going to be tough. But I'm going to go off my takeaway and talk about Caleb Williams because I think there is hope in New York with Caleb Williams being the first pick in the draft. And if you look at his five teams, he listed well, he, where he – because he's, he's making a ton of money right now in the, uh, in, uh, playing at USC, so there's really no point for him to come to the NFL unless it's a team he really wants to go to now with the NIL. So the Giants are on his radar for a team. So I think as a, as a Giants fan, personally – I'd almost, you know, really kind of want to see the Giants, you know, obviously they're going to probably win some games they shouldn't later on in this season if they're doing really bad. But as a fan, I'm almost hoping they, if, if they can't turn it around in the next couple of weeks, which I don't think they will just because of the brutal schedule, I'm almost hoping they kind of drop some games and end up getting Caleb Williams because I feel like the Giants need that that guy. Like, if you notice, Paul, every team in New York, they have that one guy who everyone thinks is going to save them. Like, for the Yankees, it's Aaron Judge. For the Knicks, it's Jalen Brunson. You know, uh, for the Mets, it was. People thought Scherzer, obviously, their season didn't go as planned. But, not to bring up other sports here, but, like, New York, like, the Jets, it was Aaron Rodgers. Like, the Giants just don't. Like, Saquon Barkley, he's a great, like, he is a awesome, awesome, awesome Robin. But he needs a Batman just because the quarterback is the main guy in an offense. And, Ever since Eli has been gone, that just that hasn't been like as a Giants fan, I got excited to see Eli play. I don't get excited to see Daniel Jones play. He's a great athlete, but he's 50-50. You don't really know what you're going to get from him. So they just need that guy, that one franchise guy to turn their franchise around and start winning some games. So I feel like if Caleb Williams came into the Giants, it'd be a beautiful setup. And I feel like him and Barkley would be a great duo. Yeah, I I spoke about at the beginning of um the pot like in the preseason for the podcast. I thought the Giants got better in the preseason, but I thought as a team they would regress mainly because I think I thought people would figure out Daniel Jones, they would be able to pick at him a little bit more. Um I didn't think they would regress this badly, but I, I didn't think they would be as good and I didn't think they would be a playoff team. Um obviously I, I was closer to what it the reality is. I do think as a Giants fan, though, I think the silver lining is that you 
this is a draft where like, and I know like we'll be very extensive come draft season, but this is a draft like it's okay to like get excited to tank because the top five is going to be stacked. Even if you didn't get a quarterback and you got one of the top offensive tackles or Marvin Harrison Jr., I mean, you're getting a generational player. The flip side is if you get a quarterback, which you would hope, even if it's not Caleb Williams, I mean, Drake May is still like, he is very, very good too. He, I mean, this is 1A, 1B. They're both fantastic quarterback prospects. Um, if you're a Giants fan, yeah, you, 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 you want to suck the rest of the season. Um, and you want to suck, especially because the bears are going to have two very high draft picks, um, with their draft pick and the Panthers draft pick. And then the Cardinals, they have their own draft pick. And then they also have the Houston Texans first round pick. I don't think those will be as high, but that at least gives you the ammunition to get to the first overall pick. Um, so I completely agree. They get it. You know, Giants fans hope the team sucks and hope that come uh, come April, you got Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams, you know, being called out as a New York Giant. Deal with the last year of Daniel Jones in 2024 before he has his out in 25 um, and thrive. I think really, I think this team will be in much better shape with a quarterback of that nature. Um, yeah. Cause they're doing some nice things around the rest of the roster. Obviously like the offensive line needs improvement defensively. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. The offensive line. <laughs> yeah. However, though, they, they're from a team building standpoint, they are trajecting in the right direction. You just yeah. need the quarterback. Like the quarterback can completely derail it. And it's not all Daniel Jones, but I do think a lot of the issues stem back to him as a player. Oh, 1000%. And they're already, they already, they figured out one thing, which took him forever, was the head coach. I think Dable is the guy. I think he's there to stay. I think that was an excellent hire. I love what he brings to the team with the energy. Once they figure out the quarterback position, I think they'll be right back on track. And I think last year was kind of like a mirage, and they got lucky. They benefited from an easy schedule and some close wins against some teams that weren't really playing their best football at the time. So, you know, I got to see what kind of what, what's going to come up. And, you know, obviously I'll root for the Giants every Sunday, but once they fall, if they fall to like one and six, one and seven, I really don't hope they win anymore and they get a top quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Um, all right, moving on to my number two key takeaway. Mine is that the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is a top seven unit. Um, they have been fantastic to start the season. Um, they The only time they've let up more than 21 points was to the Houston Texans um, now two weeks ago. Um, It just felt like one of those anomaly games. But, I mean, Kansas City, they only let up 17. Um, Atlanta, who uh, their rushing attack was really good. They only gave up seven. And then they shut the Bills down to 20 points. They've been really, really good. I think offensively, if they can figure things out in Jacksonville, they are a Super Bowl contender that nobody is talking about. Yeah, Paul, I I, I I like the last phrase you just said. Super Bowl contender that no one is talking about. That is the best way to put this Jacksonville Jaguars team. Just because, look, they got ETN, Calvin Ridley, Lawrence, a dominating defense. I mean, they held the Bills to 20 points. I mean, I know, like, that's 20 points, but we're talking about the Bills here and Josh Allen, a top three quarterback in the league. So, I mean, and their offense scored 25 points, so they won the game. You know, I think the Jaguars, especially playing in their – Paul, playing in their division – that they play in, in the uh, AFC South with the Colts, Texans, and the Titans. 
that's another wide open division where like it's almost like all four of those teams you can almost put on the same level and it's really open. It's up to whoever's going to take that leap. And I think it's the Jaguars. I think they got the best quarterback in the division in Trevor Lawrence by far. Um, obviously CJ Stroud is still, he's going to progress as, as the years go on. So I think it'll be a great battle between those two. However, right now it's Lawrence. I think, you know, they got an excellent head coach um, calling just great plays for his quarterback and stuff like that. And I, I generally believe that this team could make a run potentially uh, to the AFC Championship behind Lawrence, uh, Peterson, and that defense. Yeah, I think if there's a team that I feel really good about, especially this felt like the just the perfect get-right week. And, I mean, it's not even – like it was a get-right week against a really good team. And we we both felt really strongly about the Bills the last Oh, we weeks. did. And I don't think the Bills played a bad game either. That's what's more impressive about the Jaguars. Like I thought Josh Allen played pretty well. They couldn't run the ball at all. Um, but that's a testament to the Jaguars' defensive yep. line. They've been great. Um, Trevor Lawrence did them. And I know we're kind of going from the defense to the whole team now. <laughs> but uh, offensively, I mean, they they got Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk both involved at the same time. That was really the first. I mean, I feel if you're a Jaguars fan, you better be excited because, man, this team, they're going to shock. They're going to shock people. They're, they're so much better than they're getting credit for right now. Oh, 1,000%. And also, Paul, um, I have to say, they should play in London every week. Call Just call them the London Jags. It's funny. I have a friend over in England, and he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Jags fan now because they always play here. So, I mean, they got they got the whole – pretty much the whole city of London and maybe the whole country of England rooting for them too. So. Yeah, for real. All right, Brad, your last takeaway from week five. Yeah. So, my final takeaway is you mentioned it earlier, Paul, is that the AFC uh, North is as open as Jamar Chase. I mean – Hello to a great finish to this division because after I, and we called it too on the on the podcast last week. We both I think we both said the Ravens would win. However, we wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers win in some weird way just because it's Ravens Steelers and anything could happen. And boy, will we correct? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I, I thought the Steelers after they lost to the Niners in Week One were the worst team in football, just the way the Niners just dominated them. But here they went 17 to 10 at home and have the same record as the Ravens at three and two, who many people believe are going to win the division. And yeah, the, the Steelers Bengals. actually started to cut you off, Brad. Yeah. The Steelers right now are actually in first place. Crazy, crazy. And that's a team with Joe Burrow, or a division with Joe Burrow in it, too. And look, I think the ba- – and I'm going to go talk about the Bengals in a sec. But look, I think the Steelers are right there uh, in terms of potentially winning division. I mean, the, I mean, talk about kryptonite for a team. I mean, the Ravens haven't beaten the Steelers in forever. I think I saw something – it's like 7-1 and one to Pittsburgh in the last few games – it's just Mike Tomlin really has Harbaugh's number. It's just – it's crazy. And I was pretty shocked that, you know, they, they lost that game Baltimore. And, you know, the Steelers, like you said, are right there. And now go, going on the other side, I think the Bengals now, they're back. I mean, at two and three, Burrow connected with Chase for three touchdowns, given they did play the Cardinals, not the greatest team. However, Jamar Chase proved to everyone why he's a top three wide receiver in the NFL. He's back. He's always open, like he says, like 7-11. And, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, where the Bengals go from there. But, Paul, this is going to be a very, and I mean very intriguing race for that division title going up for the next few weeks. Because you really could honestly, even the Browns at, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, two and two. They, I mean, you really don't know. I Do I think they'll win? No, because I, th- I don't think Deshaun Watson has played good at all. But, I mean, they do have Miles Garrett on the defensive side of the ball. And you never know what that defense. I mean, this division is just one of those. I like to make a little comparison here. It's almost like the Big Ten. You know, they, they play the way the games are played at Rutgers. You never know really what's going to happen between Ohio State, Michigan, et cetera. 
just like this division. So it's, it's really one of those lopsided divisions where you don't know what's going to happen. And I'm curious to see basically what, 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 uh, what, what transpires going forward. And I don't really have a pick who's going to win it, but I just, I'm excited to see good football. Yeah, I said in the preseason, I thought this was the best division in football, and I stand by it. I think they're really, really good. I don't I, – I, not to count anyone out, I don't think the Steelers win this division. I think offensively they still look um, admissible. I think they, they've won some really strange games, um, and they've gotten their butts kicked uh, by the Texans and the 49ers. Um, but the they're, defensively, they're still – really good um when you look at the browns defensively they're excellent and they started to figure things out before deshaun watson um went down with the shoulder injury um you look at the uh the Bengals. it's one week so i don't want to get too excited over them um but they were improved uh and obviously they got jamar chase the ball a lot which should just be the game plan moving forward (laughs) and then the rate the ravens have been a little wishy-washy recently um, I'm excited to see how this division plays out. I picked the Ravens to win. I also picked them to go to the Super Bowl. TBD, what that looks like. But I think this division is going to be a whole lot of fun down the stretch. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and my last takeaway going over to the AFC West, uh, pretty easy one. And one I feel pretty strong about is uh, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs is washed. Um, I think he is no longer good. I think it is clear he has lost a step. I think. He looks a lot slower. I think he, he is – when he's in open space, you could just tell he's struggling to move down the field as fast as he uh, as he was last year, which it's crazy to see how that transpired because last year he had a career season, 1,600-plus yards, and, and now this. To just show how bad he's been, he hasn't had a game over uh, 70 rushing yards. Um, he's currently only averaging 2.9 yards per carry. He's been pretty horrific. Um, and for you fantasy football lovers out there, including myself, the only reason I think people probably still think he's good is because of how many receptions he's getting. He's already got 23 across five games. He is trending in the direction of probably the most receptions of his NFL career in a season. Um, but I think the reality is he looks terrible um, I don't think he's going to be back in Vegas next year. I think he looks really, really bad. Yeah, you mentioned it, Paul. You said he hasn't got set. He finished with 69 on on uh, Monday. Came one yard close to finally getting over 70 yards, but he just couldn't do it. I mean, given he did get uh, give the uh, Raiders the lead with the touchdown there in the fourth quarter, but that's a two-yard run. I mean, really, any decent running back in the NFL could do that. But, yeah, he just it, – it just it's, – it's really it's, – it's kind of weird because it's like, you mentioned last year he has just an un, unbelievable season. Just he was out electric. Of nowhere, he was electric, and like years, like years prior, he really wasn't like great. I'm just especially thinking fantasy wise. And last year he was just insanely good, and everyone rates him super high this year. I think he's like a top three or top two back, and it just he hasn't lived up to the expectations or the hype. And like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in Vegas going forward. And I mean, it kind of shows the argument of do you pay running backs how much do you pay them and he's not performing uh to basically his value and it, it's a, it'll be interesting to see what team he lands on going forward if his career is no longer in a, a raiders uniform yeah it's gonna be interesting definitely painful to see um but yeah that is our three key takeaways of the week brad you know we gotta get in, into it Give me your post-week five power rankings 
uh, so oh, far. Yeah. All right. So post week five power rankings, I'm gonna go number one. Actually, no. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna actually I'll start by one. It's easier. Uh, I'm gonna go number one. The San Francisco 49ers. I don't think there's any debate in that. I think they're the best team in football on both ends. Honestly. Speeds like everything. Defense, special team, offense, and coaching-wise, best team in football. I think they're a lot to make the Super Bowl. Don't know if they'll win it, but I think they're a lot to make it. Number two, I, I got to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're somehow still 5-0, and and they're playing pretty good, almost as good as last year, maybe a little better. Uh, it just seems like everything's working for them. They just find ways to win, and I think they're on a mission to get some revenge after not uh, being able to make a comeback in that Super Bowl after the, that holding call. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I personally, I'm going to say they're three going into this week. I personally overall think they're the team still to beat in football with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on the offense, Andy Reid calling your plays, Chris Jones dominating on defense, and the Rutgers, Isaiah Pacheco. I still think they're a team to beat in the AFC. I think they're a lot to make the AFC championship yet again. So they're they're my number three team. Number four, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think they rebounded on Sunday and – I watch them call. I still think they are a great team. I know I, I kind of roast them a little bit after that loss to the Bills uh, and stuff, but you know they they proved who they were, and the connection between Tua and Waddle is electric. And then a little surprise here, Paul. I mean, not a surprise, but I, I, I obviously I, I wanted to say the Bill. I could say the Bills, the Jaguars, the Cowboys, but I think I'm going to rank one team in the top five, maybe who most didn't predict this far into the season. Uh, if you're going off last season, but people knew they were having a good season this year, but still a little surprising. I'm going to go to do Detroit Lions at 4-1. and one. Detroit Lions, hello Detroit. Jared Goff, not a great quarterback, but he fits the system well with Campbell, and it's working in Detroit, and I think they could really win that division. So, I mean, people were high on the Lions to begin with uh, going into this season. I'm still surprised by it just because they're the Lions and the history they have, but good for Detroit, so that's my top five. I love that. I thought it was getting really close to us having the same top five. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I, I I really like the Lions pick, though. I, I do think they have exceeded expectations. And, I mean, they did what I thought the Cowboys should have did to the Cardinals a few weeks ago. They were out Amon Ross St. Brown. They were out Jameer Gibbs. And they just blew out the Panthers. Um, they, they've been really impressive. My top five. So, my top three are the same as yours. 49ers one, Eagles two, Chiefs three. Um, number four, I'm keeping the Buffalo Bills. I, I still think, I thought this, despite the loss, um, I'm only knocking them a little bit really because of the injuries they suffered. Um, I still think they're a really good football team. I think they're going to be in, I, I, I'd be pretty surprised if they didn't make an AFC championship game. I think they're really, really good. Um, and then number five, the Miami Dolphins, they're just the most electric team in football. They're so much fun. Um, yeah, it, it. I, I haven't really changed my top five yet. I'm pretty sure it's been the same five teams since the Cowboys have left the top five. Um, and I can almost put my money on it. The Cowboys probably will not re-enter this entire season. Yeah, I mean, with the Cowboys, look, I, I still think, Paul, the Cowboys are a top 10 team in the NFL. Maybe top, I think, I think top 10. But, I mean, it's going to be hard to jump because, like, if basically there's – there's tiers. I'm just going to go NFC because it's too hard to compare, compare both conferences because obviously you only, you only play one conference in the playoffs until the Super Bowl. But there's tiers. And I think the Niners and the Eagles are on a tier way above the rest. And then I think you got the Lions and the Seahawks on the tier below. And then I think you got the Cowboys. And I think, you know, the, in order for the – look, the, big, the, the most important thing for the Cowboys right now is to finish the season strong. I don't think they'll catch up to Philadelphia. 
but see if you can make a wild card berth. And then you, when it matters, you just got to win in the playoffs. To prove your hate, doubters wrong, you got to win in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, in terms of regular season, I agree with you. I don't think they'll jump uh, the Lions, Seahawks, or Eagles, or Niners. But, I mean, in the playoffs, you never know. Yeah, no, I agree. I probably have them in that same tier with, like, the Rams. Um, yeah. They're, they're a good, not great team. But, all right, let's look forward now. Week six, let's start with our fantasy stardom sit Brad, you ready for it? Yeah, I'm, all right. I'm ready. Let's start with stardom at quarterback. Starting at quarterback, I am going to a Tagovailoa. He is playing at home to the 0-5 Panthers. He and the rest of the Rams or Dolphins wide receivers are going to have a day. All right, I'm going to go as a sleeper start. I'm going with quarterback Dak Prescott against the Chargers. Cowboys tend to bounce back after big losses. Chargers defense has been atrocious. I think he has his best fantasy performance of the year. Running back. For running back stardom, I'm going to go again on the, going again on the Dolphins. I'm going to go either Jeff Wilson Jr. or Raheem Mostert. With uh, Akani out, I think they're both going to have – one of them is going to have a dominant game, and if you pick them up on waivers or if you have one on your bench, start one of them because I think they're going to get the ball a lot, especially going up against the 0-5 Panthers, as I just mentioned. Yes, 0-5 or the – oh, my 0-5. goodness. 0-5. 0-5 you're, Panthers, yeah. You're right. I totally blanked out because I'm it's thinking It's week about, six. It's week six already. <laughs> I am start, I'm blanking out because I'm already thinking ahead of my sleeper running back start. So I'm going with James <laughs> Cook of the Buffalo Bills against the New York Giants. Um, I'm like, wait, the Giants have a win. Um, I'm going James Cook. He had a really poor uh, week five matchup. think Giants run defense has been really, really poor. I think he has a really nice bounce back week. Let's go over to wide receiver now. Oh, so my wide receiver, I'm going to start, Paul. I actually had him last week. I think we should start him against this week on, up against the New York Giants, who are just not good on defense. That's Gabe Davis. I think he played really well. I think Allen has a huge game at home. And I think Davis gets definitely, I think, one touchdown, potentially two. You never know. But I'm I'm going Gabe Davis. And just because I think something's a little off with Stefan Diggs, especially seeing the bench. So I think look for Davis to get more touches. I'm going actually, I'm going the, like hardcore sleeper. I'm going Rasheed Rice, uh, Chiefs rookie wide receiver against that awful Denver Broncos secondary. I think this is his breakout game, especially with um, – with Travis Kelsey a little banged up. I think tomorrow night is going to be a night for him. Let's go over to tight ends. I am starting this week because I had him on the bench for one league, and I was a little upset, but I did like Cole Komet, so I still think he's a great tight end to start. But I'm going to start Dallas Goddard. I'm going up against the Jets defense, who is good, but I just think the Eagles offense is way better, and I think Goddard has a good game that continues on the hot track he's been on. I'm going with Bucks tight end Kate Odden against the Detroit Lions. Mike Evans is banged up. Not really sure his availability for the week. Uh, Detroit Lions, their safety room has been um, beat up. I think Kate, not, Kate Odden has best day today. And finishing out our uh, sleeper stardoms, defense slash special teams. I'm starting the Bills. I, I mistakenly didn't start them last week for Washington. Washington got negative five points. Luckily, I still won in that league. But the Bills, they're playing the Giants at home. I think they're like 14-point favorites. Start the Bills this week if you have them. I'm going to go with actually a surprise. I'm going with the New England Patriots against the Raiders. Ooh, I okay. think that Bill Belichick <laughs> is going to make Jimmy Garoppolo's day a living hell. I think Josh they're going to – Yeah, I think oh, Bill Belichick is going to make Josh McDaniels' offense look terrible. Um, 
I got the Patriots as a sleeper stardom. Let's go over to our sit-ems now. Who are, which quarterback you sit in? This week, I'm going to sit, if you have him, C.J. Stroud, just because he's going up against a Saints defense that looks really good after what they did to the Patriots. So I, I, I'd sit uh, C.J. Stroud this week if, I, if you have him. I am sitting one of the league's best quarterbacks this year. I'm sitting Brock Purdy against the Browns. Really good defense. Um, I don't really want to touch, though, anyone on uh, the 49ers offense this week. Just think Browns defense has been incredible. Um, if you have better options, pivot elsewhere. What about running back? Uh, running back this week, I'm going to sit uh, Joe Mixon. I know he's played really well, but against the Seahawks defense that I think is pretty well, I just I have a feeling they're going to throw it a lot more to Chase. I don't see him getting a lot of touches, and just because of that and the Seahawks defense, I'm going to sit Mixon this week. I'm going to actually go and sit Colts running back Zach Moss against the Jags. Um, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, I think, only had 10 snaps last week. I expect that to ramp up. Just with the unknown, the Jaguars' uh, run defense has played really good. I wouldn't take the risk. You could leave Moss on your bench. What about wide receiver? I'm sitting uh, Jahan Dotson. I just I don't think uh, he's going to have a good game at the Falcons. Uh, he hasn't had the greatest season so far. So, I mean, if you have other options wide receiver-wise, go for it. If not, you got to start him, you got to start him. But I'd sit Dotson if he could. I'm sitting Amari Cooper, the Browns, uh, potentially with Watson being out again against a really good 49ers defense. I've already seen the 49ers lock up Amari before. Um, stay away. What about tight ends? So for tight end, I'm going to sit uh, Cole Komet. And I know I started him this week and he did well. However, I just feel like it's hard for – not hard, but especially with the tight end position, it's kind of Paul, one of those positions where you really don't know. And they're playing a Vikings team that pe- they, they want to prove people wrong. And I feel like the Vikings are going to have a day against the Bears. So, therefore, I'm going to sit Cole Komet. All right. My um, my sit-em for uh, – or I'm sorry, my sit-em for tight end. I'm sitting Logan Thomas. Uh, Logan Thomas, surprisingly, has been really good in fantasy. Um, I think it, that Atlanta safety room is really good. I think it's going to be a tough day for Logan Thomas. And finishing it off with our sit-ems. The defense slash special teams. Easy one for me this week. It's got to be the Jets. I mean, look, they've had a good defense going into it, but you're playing the Eagles. They made the Super Bowl last year. They're going to score points, and it's just not going to be good for the Jets defense. I, I'd sit the Jets. All right. Um, finishing it off for me, I'm going to go ahead, and I feel like I've used this game for th- – it's going to be three of the sit-ems. I'm sitting the Browns' defense against the 49ers. I do think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. I just don't trust either of these defenses for fantasy purposes unless Deshaun Watson does miss the week. Um, just for now, I think it'll be a, a, a good matchup, low-scoring game. I don't think you're going to get the turnovers, though, that you want. I'm just sitting both of these defenses. All right, we have made it now to our week six picks. Brad, you ready to go? Oh, I was I was born ready. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Uh, Broncos at Chiefs, Thursday night football. Easy one for me, Paul. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. The Broncos are the Broncos. I'm going Kansas City. If the Broncos win, it'd probably be the most surprising win, I think, in this entire NFL season out of one team just because it's on prime time. Going up against the team with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the Broncos look terrible. So I'm going Chiefs. If the Broncos win, I'd be shocked. Be absolutely shocked. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs as well. I wouldn't be surprised after the Broncos, if the Broncos lose this game, if we get a fire sale come next week. A lot of guys that could potentially be traded with a loss. 
Uh, Ravens at Titans. One of those international games out in uh, Tottenham Stadium. Tennessee Titans here. I think okay. uh, I think it's a, a little my probably my surprising pick of the week, but I don't know. I feel like it's usually the games out in London are one of those weird type of games. I think Derrick Henry has a day, and I'm going to go with the Titans in a weird scoring game. I'm sticking with the Ravens. I do think they're going to bounce back. I think the secondary for the Titans have struggled. I think Lamar Jackson has a really big passing game. Um, going to the one o'clock games, Commanders at Falcons. I'm going Falcons here. I think the Commanders are playing really bad, and I think at home, I think the Falcons win win a close one. Yeah, I'm sticking with the Falcons, too. I think Desmond Ritter had his best career game as a pro last week. I think that only continues to evolve. I think he's going to have another good one. Vikings at Bears. Kind of one of those weird games where both teams are one and four. You had kind of high expectations for both, and they just both haven't delivered. But I'm going to go from the simple fact that the Vikings are missing Justin Jefferson, and the Bears played extremely well last week. And I think Justin Fields, with the connection with DJ Moore, they played great. And until I see it from the Vikings offense, I can't really pick 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 uh, in their favor. Therefore, I'm going to go with the Bears. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a relatively higher scoring game. Um, I think the Bears have put it together. I think they've had two really um, well-played past two weeks, at least offensively. Um, I think, obviously, without Justin Jefferson there, I think defensively the Bills can probably handle themselves a little bit better. I'm going Justin Fields and the Bears for a win. Seahawks at Bengals. Uh, Seahawks at Bengals. I'm going to go with Cincinnati um, just because I think it's going to be one of the most underrated games of the week. I think it's going to be an awesome football game. But I think since he's finally figured it out at home, I think Chase and Burrow have another great day. And I'm going to go with Cincinnati on this one. Yeah, I, I, I do like Seattle a lot. Um, but I just can't see Cincinnati dropping to two and four. I think Joe Burrow finally figured out kind of the, the way he can win with the injury. And that's just target Jamar Chase as much as possible. I have Cincinnati going back to back with victories. Now, maybe the biggest game of the, uh, of the week, 49ers at Browns. Should be a great game. I mean, talk about two great defenses. Uh, it's a tough one for me, Paul, but, I mean, the Niners, I think, are the best team in football, so I'm going to ride with them. I'm going to go with the 49ers. Yeah, I don't know the next time I'll pick against the 49ers. I don't know there's a team I would uh, pick over the Niners. I'm sticking with them to win. Panthers at Dolphins. Dolphins. I mean, Panthers are 0-5. Dolphins are 4-1. It's at Miami with the heat and the humidity down there. It's tough to play. I'm going Miami. Yep, also sticking with Miami. Colts at Jags. Interesting game here, but I'm going to go with the Jaguars. Again, they're going to, I think, ride the momentum from last week beating the Bills, and I think they beat the Colts pretty easily, actually. Hey, Gardner Minshew reunion back in Jacksonville. Yep, yep, uh, yep. It should right. be fun. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit closer than expected. I do think Jacksonville's playing well. I think they're hitting their stride. They're going to win again. Uh, I think this this one was the longest one for me to pick. Uh, Saints at Texans. I sat here for like a solid minute or two before deciding this one. I'm going to go with New Orleans just because what they did last week to the Patriots, I was very, very impressed. And I think C.J. Stroud kind of, he's due for that rookie game where you kind of play like a rookie. Welcome to the NFL. And with a great defense like the Saints, I'm going to say that's the game. I'm going with New Orleans. Yeah, I think the Saints offensively look a lot better with Alvin Kamara, just that guy that's explosive in the run game, uh, in the passing game. Um, think the Saints continue to figure it out. I'm going with the Saints. And the Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick Bowl. Who you got, Patriots at Raiders? And like you mentioned, Jimmy Garoppolo, a little reunion there. So, I yeah. Mean, 
I just there's no way after the losses that Belichick had, I could see him going to Las Vegas and losing to McDaniel's and Garoppolo, two of his former guys. I just it, it's hard for me to imagine that, and I think the Patriots win a very when I mean very I mean a very weird game. I'm talking like a real defensive Bill Belichick game, maybe like a 16-13 game in the Patriots' favor. So I'm going low scoring Patriots win in a very close weird scoring game. Yeah, I also have the Patriots. I think that it's Bill Belichick. I think he is going to make life a living hell for Jimmy Garoppolo, even with the injuries that they've dealt with. Um, I think Jimmy G is going to have a real struggle of a game. Patriots with the upset. Lions at Buccaneers. I'm going with the Bucs. I think that's going to be an awesome game. You know, both teams only have one loss on the season. But at home, I think Baker plays a pretty good game. I think it's a shootout. And I think the Bucks pull away with like a last-second field goal. So I'm going with Tampa Bay. I'm going to stick with Detroit. Really like Detroit. Um, I, I'm not as high on Tampa. I think they've played well against the teams they needed to. I think Baker, though, showed some signs of weakness against uh, Philadelphia. Sticking with Detroit to win. Arizona Cardinals at Los Angeles Rams. Cardinals-Rams. I mean, interesting games. It's an AFC West, AFC, excuse me, NFC West game. But I think the Rams are home. I think the Rams win. Tough loss to the Eagles. I think they're a better team than the Cardinals. I'm going uh, LA here. Yeah, I also think the Rams stick with a win. Uh, Eagles at Jets. Eagles at Jets. I think it's going to be a very good, good football game on both sides of the, both sides of uh, the ball too. But I'm going. Eagles are five and zero for a reason. I'm going Philadelphia. Yeah, I wish I could pick against Philly. I did oh, last no. week. It didn't work out. Um, I think Philly continues. They go to six and zero. Your New York football giants against the Buffalo Bills. Who are you taking? I kind of want to pick the Giants because I feel like if I pick them, they'll win. Because every time I say they're going to lose, they lose. But from a, just a non-bias aside, NFL, just an NFL fan, NFL follower, I'm going Buffalo. They're at home at, on, in Buffalo on Sunday night going out against the Giants team that just has not figured it out. I wouldn't be surprised if the scoreline is what it says. Uh, what Bills are 14-point favorite. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 17-point win for them. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really bad Sunday night football game. Um, I'm sticking with Buffalo. And then Monday night, uh, the Dallas Cowboys meet uh, former offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Going up <laughs> against the re- Chargers. What a reunion there. I'm, go- I'm going to go, Paul, with, uh, with the Cowboys, actually. I'm going to tell you why. One, I think they bounced. They heard they were so criticized this entire week. I think they have a bounce back game. And two, I don't believe the Chargers are as good as people think. I think Herbert is outstanding as a quarterback, but I feel like on the defensive side of the ball, they have some issues, and their offensive weapons are good, but they're not great. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, I also have the Cowboys with a bounce back win. Um, I think they, the, the Chargers defense has struggled. I think the Cowboys are going to find some success on the ground game. Um, I also think Dak will have his best game of the season. I think this is a game where we kind of get tricked into thinking they're back. Um, I, I don't think they will be back, but I do think they're going to look like it. Um, I'm taking the Cowboys to win. Um, and that's it. That's it for us. Week six. Very excited. Um, now that this kind of like suckiness of the Cowboys brutal loss has uh, worn off me. It's going to be a fun week and a, uh, Always a pleasure, Brad, to uh, to kick this off with you. Oh, of course, man. This this has uh, this this has been awesome. I love doing this uh, with you, Paul. Every uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night, you know, recapping, uh, looking forward to uh, next week, and it's just it's a great thing. I'm so glad we do this to our listeners. If you guys have any feedback, 
hit us up uh, in the DMs on Instagram. We'll answer anything you want us to, you know, kind of talk about, any talking points, any advice you want to give us, any, you know, whether it's good or bad, we'll obviously always take it. And please, our biggest thing is, if you have any questions, just let us know. We would love to talk about it just to kind of hear uh, new point uh, points of views and stuff like that. And I'm sure, Paul, you can attest to it as well. Um, anything we can get from our, our listeners, please let us know. Completely agree. Yeah, throw it at the Instagram. I think it's at Red Zone Talk Pod or Podcast. Um, more than willing to answer any questions. Brad, it's been real to our listeners. We will see you next week on Red Zone Talk.